Welcome back to Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. We go around uh, college sports right now with our buddy Aaron Torres of Fox Sports and Aaron Torres Online as we break all things down here on the program. At uh, I understand that you were busy watching some spring football this past weekend. Uh, anything jump out at you when it comes to A and M? I was. My radio partner Jason Martin made fun of me. He's like, "What can you really learn from spring football?" I want to see what a number one recruiting class looked like, and I know whatever it was eight guys that sh- that are on campus right now, but. I, you know, I don't think anything really stood out to me. I mean, you know, listen, Haynes King. I mean, but I, I will say this. I, so one thing did stand out to me is that I know probably, I don't know how big of a, a story Haynes King was in terms of whatever, but, you know, you can just see that he's a very different athlete than Zach Calzada was and is. Um, and, you know, so I get the whole, you know, people don't like Jimbo, people don't like A&M, so when A&M goes 8-4 and four last year, it's easy to make fun of them. I think it's also easy to forget that the projected starting, not the projected, the guy won the starting job, played a, what, a game and a quarter before he was out for the entire season. So, you know, how different is last year with Haynes King? I don't know. Do you beat Alabama with Haynes King? I don't know. Um, but, you know, you're probably not going eight and four either. So, <clears throat> you know, I don't even know if he's going to win the starting job. Uh, you know, going forward, obviously two good quarterbacks have, have enrolled since the end of last year. But at the same time, like, that was one thing that stood out. I mean, individual players, I'm not smart enough to know, you know, I, I know who was who and all that, but, you know, I don't know what, you know, a couple catches for Evan Stewart means for him as a freshman, things like that. But I watched. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought Connor Wegman looked pretty good overall. Uh, but fun day overall, and I, I did spend part of Saturday watching a little spring ball, yeah. As I mentioned, it is around college sports here with Aaron Torres. brought to you by Millican Reserve, a college station community featuring homes, trails, farms, and wide open spaces with a mission to build a healthy community around nature. Take part in the Millican Reserve community with a conservancy membership. Learn more at millicanreserve.com. All right, A.T., so I know you had on your pod recently yeah, that, yes, A&M is the villain, and that's okay. So a couple parts. Why is it okay, and why are they the freaking villain, man? Well, they're the villain because of the perception that people have. Um, and this went back, David, we've been talking about this since you started, about, you know, one of your first weeks on the job. Well, one of the first weeks during the season on your job was when Jimbo got the extension. People were up in arms two years ago when I was coming on with Gabe about the original contract. $75 million now is chump change in college football. Mel Tucker made, makes, you know, $25 million per win over the course of his career. Like, guys got, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't really get the fascination from the outside, but I understand why in a, a program, if I was an Alabama fan, if I was a Georgia fan, um, you know, I would understand where, okay, you know, you some would say overpaid. You paid a ton of money for your coach. Um, you're, you, you signed this number one recruiting class. Uh, I, I've said it consistently for the last six weeks, eight weeks. Uh, I, from my understanding, and I think I have more information than most, uh, I don't think NIL was the factor that led to it. I, I don't think it was completely ignored in the conversations either because every school, every recruit is talking NIL. So, but I, I, I can understand, right? I, listen, let me, let me even backtrack. To go to the recruiting class, what I would say is, me as an unbiased observer, I can see why the logical reasons why Texas A&M signed this class that it did stuff that you and I have talked about. 
You're coming off a season where you finished fifth in the college football playoff poll. You have a national championship winning coach. You took advantage of a crazy coaching carousel where Lincoln, you know, where Oklahoma, LSU, Florida, Miami, all these schools that are recruiting the same players, they all have coaching changes. A&M swoops, swoops in and gets the guys. And so I can see from my perspective why logically Texas A&M has this class, but I can also see why if I was a, a Bama fan, I'd be frustrated too. So I think you become the villain because A&M is doing things that a school that has never made the college football playoff, that has never won a national championship, isn't supposed to do. But I also I think it's crazy, this conversation that has come as to why Texas A&M is doing those things. Does that make sense? Did I make sense yeah. right there? I feel like I went in 30 different directions. You, you made total sense. And I, I guess my whole thing is, but Jimbo's been doing this since Florida State. This is what he does. Exactly. Now, the number one class... I think there's a lot that goes in. One thing that you didn't mention that um, I know you know, Houston's in our backyard. And Houston last year was a huge component to the entire country when it comes to recruits. And those guys had ties to A&M, and they got those guys too. Yeah. No, 100%. And that was what I said on my podcast was, like, it'd be one thing if Washington State signed the number one recruiting class of all time or – um, you know, Wake Forest or something. It's like, like you said, exactly. First of all, the backbone of the, the, the group is Texas kids that are close to home, all the logical reasons that a kid chooses uh, a college, right? And then, and then on top of that, most a bunch of these kids committed right after last season during the camp circuit like they always do. And so, yeah, late in the cycle, uh, you know, listen, again, I don't, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, I don't claim to be a recruiting expert, but like, you know, if, if, Dan Mullen and, Mar- uh, what's his name, Manny Diaz don't get fired. You probably don't get Shamar Stewart. But they both did get fired. And all of a sudden, A&M looks pretty good. The defensive tackle, uh, Brownlow Dindy, you don't get him if Lincoln Riley's at Oklahoma. But Oklahoma- but he left Oklahoma, and-, and this kid doesn't want to go to USC where he's ever been. So, like, there are totally logical. And, oh, by the way, here's the other thing. All these kids were on campus, you know, either for the Bama game, for the Auburn game, which was a CBS national game, a&M wins both. The crowds are crazy in both. Like, there are perfectly logical reasons why this class was put together. But unfortunately, you know, and I'll say this, and, and it kind of tongue-in-cheek, like, I'm not trying to make it about myself, but I'm going to make it about myself like I always do. But, like, it kind of reminds me of the J.J. Reddick circumstance a few weeks ago. I tweet something, it gets completely taken out of context, and then the Internet makes up its own ideas of what I said and what I meant. And I feel like it's the same with Texas A&M, is if you actually just take context into it, all the reasons that I mentioned, all the reasons that you mentioned, there's a perfectly logical reason as to why A&M put together this class. But everybody, make, you know, we live in a world where people make up their own facts, where people ignore the facts that exist. And then you get to a situation like this where now we're going into next year and people are talking about A&M as being a villain. Well, let me bring this up. Why not bring up Texas as the villain? And I know sometimes they are, but they finished 5-7 and seven last year. They lost to Kansas last year. They have a top-five recruiting class where they bragged about paying offensive linemen money, and they've got the big – what's his name? Quinn, Quinn Ewers, who obviously is all about the money. So how come that's not a storyline nationally? Like, hello, A&M went 8-4 and four with a hurt quarterback, and they beat Alabama, and they got a lot of their guys in the backyard. Texas had a top-five class with a terrible year. So I remember saying that when um, when the original con- – well, not the original conversation, but when Jimbo addressed it right before the second signing day, I said, Texas signing the number five class in the country off a five-and-seven season 
is much more egregious. And by the way, with a new coaching staff from the year before, is much more egregious than A and M coming off an eight and four year. When oh, by the way, the year before they go nine and one, win the Orange Bowl, nearly make the college football playoff. Like that is much more egregious to me. And so you know, is Texas a villain? I think they're more of a punchline right now than a villain. Now they start winning, you know, and that's the other thing too, right? They start winning games. It becomes a different conversation. It becomes they are the villain. They are this. They are that. Uh, I just don't think they're. I don't want to say they're not relevant enough, but they're just they're kind of a punching bag. I mean, I know A and M lost to Arkansas last year, but but you know Texas, all the bravado. We're coming to the SEC. You know their fan base thinks they're coming to win the thing, and then they go to Arkansas and get smacked by the Hogs by like thirty. I mean, I you know. I don't have a good answer, though. I don't have a good answer, and I think you're 1,000% right, and I think it's a 1,000% fair question to ask. That's why we're a good team, AT. We're on the same page, man. Let's uh, let's talk a little Nick Saban complaining about NIL, and I said at the top of the show, I kind of agree with some of the things he's complaining about because I think there are some serious issues with the way NIL is. I also think it's interesting it's coming from Nick Saban, who has taken advantage of every opportunity that he can from hating the way offenses changed in college football. Now he's the czar of that to the transfer window to, to now NIL. So I agree with him. I also think it's kind of suspect. Well, a couple of things. One, you know, the transfer stuff is really interesting because he complained about it. They signed a fourth guy out of the portal this week that's probably going to start for them next week. This coming on the heels of Dabo uh, saying he still doesn't want to take transfers. I'm like, Dabo, it's 2022, bro. You got, you got to take, you got to take some transfers, man. So, um, so I'm with you. I, I saw that and I thought it was really interesting. But like you said, one thing about Alabama, one thing about Nick Saban is he is never going to fall behind anywhere. Um, and and I'll, I'll be curious what this landscape looks like. Now, in the bigger picture. I do agree with them. Now, I, you know, it's funny. People ask me all the time, like, well, what do you think about the accusations at A&M? What do you think about the accusations of Tennessee and their quarterback? I'm like, I wish it wasn't this way, but I think anybody with a brain would have told you that if we go into NIL on Ju- July 1st, 2021, without a game plan in place and without rules in place, uh, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be paying players. And, and it's so funny, David, because, you know, working with, uh, you know, on national radio, I work with a lot of guys that, you know, they follow college sports, but they don't. They're more NBA guys. They're more NFL guys, whatever. And I remember trying to explain. I'm like, you don't understand what the market, what what the price will become for an elite quarterback coming out of high school. And these guys, oh, no, you know, it's let the kids get their money. I'm like, I, they're going to be getting more money than NFL players. And now we're already here. We're already here where, you know, this Nico kid is going to be making more than some NFL quarterbacks on a rookie contract. Literally, like that's not a metaphor like, oh, he's going to take a pay cut when he leaves Tennessee. No, he will be making more money as a Tennessee quarterback than some quarterbacks in the NFL. And so I'm kind of with Nick Saban is I don't like it. This isn't the way the rule was intended. But as you said, and by the way, I don't know how you put the toothpaste back in the tube because, like you said, you already have Texas openly talking about, you know, you come here as an offensive lineman. We got this fun set up where you have this, where you have that. I've seen the last two, three weeks, you know, I think it was Kentucky was talking about, you know, getting their collective mind. Uh, a couple other schools I can't remember. By the way, this five-star offensive tackle, Josh Connerly, is, is projected to go to USC he goes to Oregon, and the number one Oregon beat writer, John Canzano, says, yeah, this collective that got put into place was the one that was able to seal the deal. So it's clear that that kid, it's not just an SEC thing. It's now a Pac-12 West Coast thing. It's going to be a Big Ten thing. It's going to be a Big 12 thing, whatever. So, 
you know, I hate it. I, I, I saw Coach Saban's comments. I agree with him. I just think, you know, I, I don't know how we put the toothpaste back in the tube. People think the market will correct itself. I'm not totally sure that it will just because I've been following college sports forever. Uh, but it's an interesting time. It's an unprecedented time. And I'm genuinely curious to see what the next 10 years of college sports look like because, uh, you know, the next 10 years I don't think are going to look like anything like, you know, the last 10 years or anything that we've seen throughout our lifetimes. All right, I'm going to tell you a fiction story that's actually true. All right, it's going to sound fiction when I say it out loud. There's this over-the-top coach that gets fired for some several reasons at a school down south. Okay? He becomes friends with a coach somewhere else, um, and that coach replaces the guy who replaces him. I think I confused myself in telling that story. But basically, why is Ed O going to Notre Dame, talking to Notre Dame about winning a national championship where Brian Kelly left and took over for his old gig? I don't know. I just find it uh, comedy to see those parts kind of moving at the same time. You know, I saw that video, and I didn't even put two and two together of like, oh, you know, uh, he's coming in, you know, the guy who replaced him, blah, 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 this and that. I'll say this. I, I, you know, I don't know what Coach O wants to do, and I saw him do an interview where he said, you know, if USC calls, I'd be happy to consult, or if this school, the guy's so dynamic, man. Put him on TV, like get him a, uh, like I don't know, I'm not trying to rush an old man off TV, but like you know, Lee Corso, you know, whenever he's gone, I think Coach O should replace him. Uh, I, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a true story that is true. I have been told by people in our industry, Turner pays Draymond Green, um, like, an exorbitant amount of money to do, like, very minimal TV work for them, and they pay him just so he won't sign with another network because they see him as the next Charles Barkley, whatever. ESPN, pay Coach O, or my company, pay Coach O a bunch of money, get him in the building, and then figure out what you're going to do with him. I don't know where he fits. I don't know how much longer Lee Corso is going to be on college game day. But I love hearing the guy talk. I love hearing the guy tell stories. I think it's increasingly clear that, um, you know, listen, he's never going to be, a, I don't think, a power five head coach again. I mean, does he want to be an assistant? Does he want to be a D-line coach? Does he want to do that? He's got so much money. If I'm ESPN, you know, again, goes back to ESPN. They just paid a bunch of money for Troy Aikman. They just paid a bunch of money for Joe Buck. Get him in the building and figure out when and where to put him on TV. I think it will be a star in our business probably much more successful than what he would do be doing, uh, you know, being a coach over the next 10 years uh, if that's where he wants to go. So I just think he's great in front of the camera. I think he's dynamite. All right, talking to Aaron Torres here. Aaron, we appreciate it, man. We will uh, catch up with you next week. Enjoy the holiday weekend. All right, thank you. Didn't realize it was a holiday, so I guess I got to uh, – On know, our oh, side. Easter. Happy yeah, Easter. on our side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, happy Easter. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I knew that. Okay, I thought it was like one of those holidays where everybody takes off Monday and I can't go to the post office, but it's not one of those holidays. No, no, you, you can go to the post office on Monday. Do you still go to the post office? You know, I, from time to time, it's, it's a long story. I won't bore people, but I have to periodically, unfortunately. All right, man. We'll talk. And if I have to go Monday, I know I can go, so I'm very happy about that. Talk to you next week, bro. All right, there he is, Aaron Torres on the uh, BCSI hotline. Let's talk a little Caldwell Country Chevrolet Highway 21 in Caldwell, online at CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. Uh, I know several people who have bought vehicles. They've looked for a certain vehicle, and they, they've asked Zach Hester to find them the right car for them. They'll explain it. They want, they want this. They want this kind of mileage. They want this and that, and he'll get back to them. 
couple days, boom, there you go. We got it right here. That's what he does. Uh, he does that. He also has got the great cars on the lot already. He's got the great customer service out there, and they've got great deals online, which is where a lot of people will find, you know, 15% back on this or that or wherever it may be. He's got the deals on there. So check out CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. That is the website to get it. And as I've mentioned several times, the customer service there is better than anywhere else. You're going to love the experience when you go out there to Caldwell Country Chevrolet. 15-minute drive, Brian a couple, short conversation away. But you'll see the difference when you step on the lot and you do business with Zach and the fellows there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 and Caldwell online, CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. A little electric relaxation here on uh, Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner Fuelers here. In the Rollo Insurance Studio, Richard Zane's back with us. But before, I, I need to ask for radio people, TV people's advice here. My wife just texted me a video. A bird has flown into our house. She cannot get said bird out of the house. Richard says just open the windows. That's fine, but we have, I guess, these high ceilings. I don't know what else to do. I wouldn't know what else to do. I don't know. What, like, I don't want to call somebody. Hey, can you come get the bird out of my house? I don't know. What do we do? Get a net. Do we put like food so in a certain area? Hopefully it's in the car. Gotcha. What do I do? Hmm. Quite the conundrum. Yeah. First world problems. It's, it, I'm sorry. It's so random. My wife's like, don't bring it up on the air. I did. All right. Time for a round of Land presented by Norman G. State Bank. Norman G. State Bank. Rock solid banking. The website, normangstatebank.com. Richard. We've got quite a few teams playing for championships this week. Well, let's talk about not, it. Uh, so I'll begin with the equestrian team yep. who begins their run in the NCEA National Tournament today in uh, Acala, Florida. The, the third-seeded Aggies will face six-seed Baylor at 1.30 p.m. Central Time uh, at the World Equestrian Center. If you want to watch that game, you will have to pay to watch it on H&C Plus TV. Learn more at horseandcountry.tv slash NCEA. But, yeah, hopefully the Aggies uh, can – they were ranked at number one at one point yeah. during this year. I think uh, Auburn's the one seed. I think Oklahoma State's the two. They've got a, a really good chance to win a national championship in equestrian, so good luck to the ladies out in Florida this week. Uh, women's tennis can win a share of the SEC regular season crown with – one win this weekend. They've Just got one. two chances, uh, obviously winning both. They'd win it outright. They're currently 25-1, and 11-0 and in SEC play. They face Arkansas in Fayetteville at 5 p.m. on Friday before facing Missouri at 11 a.m. Central on Sunday. Uh, really good chance for them to win an SEC championship. They are one game ahead of Georgia in the SEC standings, and they hold the tiebreaker over the Bulldogs. So one win would... Uh, clinch at least a share. And uh, obviously if Georgia loses or if A&M wins both, they'd win it outright. So good luck to them. Also in tennis news, Noah Schachter was named the SEC Player of the Week. Congratulations to him. J.C. Goldsmith and Kenner Taylor were named to the SEC Community Team as well. Congratulations to them. Women's Golf opened the SEC Championships this week in Hoover. First round was yesterday. A&M as a team finished 11 over. That's tied for eighth out of the 14 teams. Auburn leads the field at an even par. Zoe Slaughter uh, in the individual ranks is currently tied for 11th. She was one over yesterday. Florida's Mariana Escobar Domingo paces the field. She's five under. Stroke play continues today and Friday. And David, if you're looking for things to watch this weekend, 
uh, Easter weekend, want to get a little bit of break from family. You've got baseball and softball in action. The Aggies will be taking on number 13 Georgia in Athens this weekend. That's baseball begins Friday, 5 p.m. Central Time on SEC Network Plus. Friday, also a 5 p.m. start on the SEC Network Plus. And then Saturday, 3 p.m. start on the SEC Network Plus. And then softball, they get a later start this weekend. It's a Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. Rare for Joe Evans and the Aggies. They'll face number 14 Tennessee in Knoxville. All three games are on cable television. Saturday's a 1 p.m. start on ESPNU. Sunday's a 3 p.m. start on SEC Network+. Plus. You've had some lunch after Easter services. You can watch Aggies play softball. And then Monday, the series finale, 6 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network as well. So plenty going on around Aggie Land. A lot of text messages on the AMB text line about Birdgate. Uh, really? Birdgate. So Phil says, tell David to leave the front door open. The bird will likely fly out. And maybe his friends will join him in the house, too. That's also a possibility, right? When you leave the door open, he may leave. He may summon his buddies. Hey, we found a new nest. Let's go. A little go. party. A little party there. Marilyn says to have the Spurs send Manu Ginobili and the Coyote. If they can catch bats, they can catch a bird. Oh, yeah. That's, right. that's a great reference. Yeah. JB and Canyon says, uh, Canyon says. And I uh, think the Spurs are looking for things to do after last night. Yeah, so. they, they do. Uh, no uh, flight is your friend. Get a broom and shoo out. Open the doors, too. Um, and um, let's see, anything had uh, bar swaddles fly in one of two occasions last week. Opened the front door, back door with the breakfast room and kitchen. Took about 15 minutes. Big Key was turning the ceiling fans in the two-story fan when they were hanging out. So leave them on or leave them off? I didn't understand. Read that and say that again. It was, Big Key was turning ceiling fans in the two-story fan. Uh, yeah. Yep. I lost that one. I didn't yeah, know. That Whatever you do, do not call Randy Johnson. No. You want to make sure no birds are harmed. Or my walls. Or your walls, or any of the Nunos, the Ninos, anybody. Yeah. Everybody just needs to be safe, and the bird just needs to go. I do hear coyotes at night in our area, so maybe leave the doors open. Maybe we'll have a little, mm, yeah, a little yeah, scary. Maybe that's a pretty, maybe. pretty scary. Pretty scary. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate you. Of course. When we come back on this program that we call Texax Radio, we're going to have the fan show presented by Gerard Construction. We've got uh, Chase and Houston's already might, here. You might hurt me. Yeah, you did call him out earlier. He we'll gave see. you the dirty look. Hunter Shortliffe makes his return to the show. He hasn't been here in a while. Also have uh, Matt Browning coming in as well. It is Texax Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. All right, we are back. We call it Texax Radio. We're presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is now time for the fan show. Presented by Gerard Construction. He's not here. I know. Usually I have a little sidekick to help me out there, Matt Browning. Where is he? Hey, Hunter Shurtleff making his return to the show. Good morning, sir. Hey, man. How are you? All right. Good to see you. You too. Chase, how are you? I'm doing good. All right. Good to uh, see you all. Good to see you. So, uh, I, no, I didn't do the sponsor read. It is brought to you by Gerard Construction, custom home builders for the Brazos Valley since 2002. They don't just build homes. They build relationships. You can learn more at Gerard-Construction.com. All right, guys. So, uh well, you know how we start things off. Hunter, what's on your mind this morning? Had a great weekend, right? Spring game. I know it's Thursday. We've already mashed this around, but it was never, I never, you know, spent a lot of time visiting and glad handing, but it's it's fun to watch a little football and and things other than the quarterbacks, too. It, it was a great day. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on on campus last weekend. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was fun just for me. I, I mentioned this a couple times last week, just to have something to talk about football-wise 
since November. We've had no games. We thought we'd have the bowl game. We had the number one recruiting class, which we can talk about forever, but just to have some action to talk about. I loved it. I mean, we were all hypercritical on quarterbacks, but, but you know, I got to see Bryce Anderson. I saw a good linebacker play. I love Edge Cooper. Uh, I think our receivers are fine, right? Maybe had some dropsy Saturday. It's kind of hard to tell with the wind. But, but you know, hello, Evan Stewart and Moose and, you know, uh, uh, Chase is back out there. I think we're fine. I think we're better at receiver than we've been in a while. With with our recent losses, including sure, I agree with that. Yeah, spring game, they they it is what it is. I mean, you're not going to have full roster out there the way that college football is today, which can you know damper a little bit of your thought process on it. But it gives guys an opportunity, just like you said, to go out there and see what you can do. Omari Daniels to me was my highlight of the day that stood out because that is a position that you are going to need someone outside of a chain to really step up. Uh, L.J. Johnson's a guy that I wish we could have seen a little bit more, but Amari Daniels was the spotlight of that day to give you an idea of what that position can do going forward in the fall because you are going to need that number two guy throughout the season to really contribute. Yeah, And hadn't he looked good every time we've seen him? Mm-hmm. In, in, some, in some late games last year, Amari Daniels looked good. You know, spring game, he looks good. Uh, he's yeah, he's going to be a player for sure, and and that's all we got to see the other day. It was really it was crown over for the one team and and Amari for the other team. I want to talk about the quarterbacks for a moment because I think overall there's been this this theme that they were underwhelmed with quarterback play, and I think Haynes gets a little bit of that. But I'll I'll say this: at the very end of the day, let's say Haynes's arm is Zach Calzada, or let's just say his accuracy and you know his arm. The fact that he's got those legs puts that offense regardless. At a better level. Am I seeing this wrong? No. I mean, because I think we thought Kellen Mon was that guy for years. And he showed flashes, but it's like you wish that he would just run, run, run more often. But it's like he never wanted to. If you get a guy like Haynes King that can do that, I think that's an element in Jimbo's offense that you just never seen. And sure, he may be off throwing one day, but... If he can utilize his legs a little bit more, that that brings another element to this team that I don't think we've seen so far since Jimbo's been here. Right, and I don't know how much, you know, somebody gets a butt chewing from Jimbo or gets fussed at when, hey, you had the guy in the flat, you had the guy over the middle, you took off, you know. So I don't know if that deters running sometimes. Sure. Hope not. But, yeah, uh, legs like Haynes King or maybe legs like, Max Johnson? Mm-hmm. He had some legs. I mean, there were some bumbling, stumbling, but dude had some major runs the other day. Yeah. It was not the prettiest form, but it was when he you outrun the defense for a 70-yard touchdown. It, I, I, I didn't know much about Max. I've limited uh, viewing of him. That was that was kind of impressive. Yeah. I'll, go ahead. I'll say this. I was very, numbers aside, I was very unimpressed with Max Johnson at LSU. I just was. And not because... I don't like LSU. Just like he just he was very blah to me, and I think that he's kind of shown a little bit more seeing some highlights in spring and watching him play in that spring game. Like we said, I don't think you take a whole lot from what quarterbacks do in that, but with the legs, with some of the throws he did make that weren't downfield, he is a player, and he's gonna he is gonna be I think the X factor. Once August gets right. here. Is he an upgrade over what we had last year? Oh, yeah. 
the, the quarterback room was fine. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't get to see Haynes' legs Saturday and North Connor Wigman's, right? So, which we would have liked to see. Nobody remembers this. Johnny Manziel was here in the spring of 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think he was supposed to be a senior in high school still, right? He, get a, he gets in late in the spring game. He'd already had the Johnny football moniker. It wasn't super popular at the time. And he cut loose. I mean, it was, you know, late, you know, and the, whatever the scrimmage was, just went off. Running, doing all kinds of stuff. It was fun to watch. And then, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, this kid's going to be it. You know, next year was tampered. You know, he didn't he didn't perform as well, but we know what happened. All right, let's do this. Let's awkwardly kind of pause as Matt Browning comes in the studio. It's okay, Matt. Hmm. I know you're busy, man. You That's got why business. this is radio. Matt, <laughs> what is on your mind this morning? Welburn's a mess. Don't drive down Welburn at all right now. Did y'all come down that way? No, sir. He's construction I, I came from Houston, so. Yeah, go all the way. Construction. It's been Brian so bad Snyder. this week. I used to come from the same area as you, and I t- today is the first time since I've been in College Station this time that I took six into work because yeah. Welburn's been so bad. I had to come back through the through the neighborhood. Yeah, and I mean, there's just I mean, there, did you run here? Be there too, huh? Did you run here? Well, yeah, I got here. <laughs> in. Yeah, I, I, I don't like being late. I'm a very I'm a very punctual. You human. are. You I'm, are. A, I'm, I'm never late to things, and so. So what good is morning. on your good morning? What's on your mind beyond Welber? Uh, so I was trying to listen. I was listening to y'all and kind of making sure I wasn't going to, you know, jump on the same thing. But obviously, spring game. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the spring game. I think it's just kind of fun to see some stuff and just. Yeah, but I don't think I don't put a lot of stock in it to be honest with you, especially quarterback play. We've got an entire off season to go. They've got to finish the spring and they've got the whole off season. You got guys like Wegman and Max Johnson who don't who who are still learning our playbook and. Understand that stuff, and I, the one thing I did take away, the only thing negative that I kind of came away with is we still have the drops. I don't understand that. That needs to, you know, that's got to get better. I mean, that just was all over the place. I actually thought the quarterbacks played pretty well in limited time, you know, and so uh, I'm not real worried about quarterback. I still think, like you said, I think we're better posi- better position now at receiver than we've been in forever, even even with the drops. But I mean, drops can be fixed. That that stuff can be, you know. Can be fixed, so um, I, I came away. I came away feeling real positive about it, and, and seeing guys that we haven't really thought of too. A guy like Marcus Burris, right? Yeah, he has not been on. He was he was highly recruited. He was excited, we were excited about him, but you kind of forget about him when you when you think about the guys that came in with him, like Tamisi and uh, um, um, uh, Shamar Turner. You know those guys, and so that you know now. I mean, you got guys. We got all this high talented guys. This this recruiting class, and then the guys that we've recruited two or three years in the past that have been redshirted that we hadn't seen much of. Those are guys that we get to look out for. There's going to be a couple of surprise names coming this season that, that aren't even on our radar right now. We know they're on the team, but we're not. No one's really thinking about them or talking about them yet. I.e., Mike Evans. Freshman year, or red shirt freshman year, nobody talked about Mike Evans. Tyree nobody. recently? Yeah. That's nobody thought about that, Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Josh yeah. Reynolds, when Josh Reynolds, I mean, Billy was the only person talking about Josh Reynolds that offseason. And Josh Reynolds came out and just blew it up. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a couple guys like that, guys not Evan Stewart's that are on our radar, or, or, or you know, A-chains and all that. I'm talking about guys we don't know about yet. That's what I'm excited about. But speaking of the name Evan Stewart, that catch that he made, that is something that this program has been missing for a long time, and that's what separates the Alabamas, the Ohio States, from a lot of teams in the country. A downfield guy that can go up and make a spectacular grab day in and day out. Well, Jimbo's going to 
he's 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 before a true freshman, right? He's pre-freshman right now. He in the starting lineup as a receiver that says something about Evan Stewart. I mean, especially receivers, not an easy position. To no, come out he doesn't. Play. He doesn't play him early. The MVP of the offense in the spring. Um, I don't think he's just handing those out because he was the top recruit. He, I think he hands it out because he earned it out there. So, what are the question marks going into the summer? When you look at some of the things, not just from the spring game, just overall, where do you have questions? We'll start over Chase. Oh, line still. Because you didn't have your full slate of guys out there, you know, Bryce still in track and field doing that thing. But to me, it's still, I want to see what this O-line is going to look like when it lines up against same Houston State. Certainly O-line corner, I guess, right, is is probably, I'm fine with them. I think they're good, but we, we don't. We haven't seen it. No. You sure, we weren't watching receivers run free downfield the other day, so I'm okay with it. That's amazing. We just lost all four of our, our defensive line starters, and that doesn't even cross your mind. No. That's how stacked we are. But it does cross the mind of the national media, and I understand why oh. it, it crosses their mind, because how can you lose to Marvin Leal Michael Clemens, and how can you lose um, Jaden Peavy? And, right. I, mean, you, I don't you, know. Alabama does it every year, and they seem to be fine. Yeah. I mean, you were, that's, this is where we've always that reload. That's what they're talking about when they say reload. We just lost our entire starting defensive line, and that is not even – no one's worried about our defensive line. No one. That, 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 they are that stacked. So I think that's awesome. I, but I agree with you 100%. It's, it's O-line and O-line alone. I, like, if you go back and you look at last year's team, I feel like we're better at every position except for the question mark at O-line. Are we better there? I don't know. We lost a big piece with Kenyon. I would say linebacker. We still have to see some. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, linebackers. Linebackers are a good one too. Linebacker and O line. I think are the only. I think we're we're better at every other position than we were even last year, and that including that includes the D line. I'll say this about linebacker. I am excited to see Edge Cooper with DJ Durkin. I mean, if he can do so fast. And what he was able to do with that old Miss linebacker crew, what he can do with these guys. What's uh, what's the kid's name that had the three interceptions? I mean, walk on. Wasn't he a walk on? Gosh. Is he a safety or was he just like, like a rover? Why is his name escaping me? Somebody type it Every in fast. So, Sorry, thank you. But yeah, Huge. this kid, this kid has three interceptions out there. He's a walk-on apparently. Um, that stuff's fun. I love that stuff. He may not be good enough to play SEC football, but he was good enough to play he, in that game. He, he shined well. in that game. He sure did. He, he he certainly made. So so you think the only positions, and do you guys agree, would be. Offensive line and linebacker. That's the only place that you don't think they are right now as good. I, I mean, because we can go through it. Wide receiver, they're better, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with the loss of Chapman and Demas, I think we're better at wide receiver because of the emergence of Moose Muhammad. Well, what's the Obviously loss of linebacker that makes you say that? I mean, well, just because we didn't Aaron Hansford, but yeah, just yeah. because he's been there we didn't for really ten years, gain, I think is where I think is where, where well, we gained in all these other places. That's the one spot we did not gain, and now it's the one spot last year that there were question marks on the defense of stopping the run because linebacker help wasn't there. But they may be better. I, I really, know. I really don't think we're going to see a big drop off in linebackers simply because that D line is still so good that they are going to take a lot of that. I mean, you're not going to have O-linemen getting to the second level as easily against that D-line as you would other D-lines. But a good D-line makes average linebackers look really good. They really do. And and the secondary, they don't have the experience that they had, although Miles is back, but they do have the talent. Yeah, Tyreek. You got you got Jalen Jones. They have a lot, I mean, Antonio Johnson. Those are th- those are your three top corners that are all have 
plenty of experience. Well, Tyreek has a season under his belt, yep. at least. You got Damani in the so four, I think four, he's gonna be a four year safety. Actually, I thought yeah. that I actually thought our secondary was probably our, one of our deepest from a from a from a uh, experienced standpoint. Well, I, I'm thinking if these young players come out there, yeah, like the Denver like Harris, Harris, the Bryce Anderson. Guys, yeah. I don't think Miles Jones gonna play much next year. That's how good I think that that group is, well, and that may be the case. So, but uh, imagine having that kind of depth. Miles Jones, play, hey, Miles Jones played for Sunland, so that's how long he's. Yeah, been I saw his highlights against UCLA on a video <laughs> not too long ago. So. And then you got quarterback, quarterback. I guess I, I mean, even though we don't, well, there's so many questions we don't know about what the quarter, but you have to look at that quarterback room and say it's it's, it's a, a better, better room. It's a better room now it's than healthy. it was last year. It's a healthy. Well, it's room. a better room now than it was last year. Period. I mean, you had two. We had two basically two quarterbacks on scholarship last year in that room, um, and and one of them was Zach Calzada. No offense, but I mean, just not not what we needed. So he's and I, I don't know why it always comes up, and I always feel like I have to defend him, and also at the same time, you know. But like there were times where like, can this guy complete a pass? Mm-hmm. And then there's times like, dude, this guy's great. What are we talking about? Yeah, you know, he's a, winning games. Yeah, it's, it's such a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing with him. So, but I, so again, I just think I think really our biggest question mark is O line, and this O line could come out and be just like it was in 2020. Like we came into 2020 going, this O line doesn't look very good, and they just shined. They're one of the best O lines we've had since probably 2012. Mm-hmm. And so we could have the very same thing here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is spring. I'm optimistic. I'm yeah. Hey, there's no reason not to be optimistic. Yeah. Number one recruiting class, one of the best coaches in college football, a, a loaded quarterback room, uh, a running back room like the defensive line that you reload and you keep. I think a guy who's going to be a Heisman contender when it's all said. Josh Pate listens to your show because he says the exact same thing. Does he really? Oh yeah. I need to listen to him more because I love when I listen to that him. Guy's so good. He, he, is ta- good. he talks. He talks about the Aggies all the time. Everybody's he's stacked that all the time right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's been like all week on Feinbaum, just Aggies every day. Yeah. I, look, I think Feinbaum's cool, but I just haven't liked his stance on A&M for a while. So we'll, we, we can get into that he's here. Right? A little, he's a little two-faced, yeah. Let's talk, uh, and he, there's no way he, he would say that with Billy on the air. That's just my opinion, or, or Jimbo. But uh, let's get, talk about Chance McClain right now in Heritage Films. Uh, they make documentary films about your parents. They make documentary films about your boss. Hunter Shirtliff documentary film would be ideal for his family. Find out the origin. That'd be like story. a three-hour documentary. I mean, I watch the Law Dog just on his shirts alone. I will tell you right now that it. You think three hours? Yeah, he did my dad two-hour movie, and it was uh, it's awesome. I can't wait to share it with him. He's a very creative guy. Does amazing work. He'll tell your story in a Netflix-style, HBO, Showtime, you name it style of documentary. Uh, Chase knows him. He's, he's just one of the best guys out there. He took about 10 weeks to do my, my movie, my dad's movie, which is now our family movie, and we are so, so happy with it. Check out YourHeritageFilm.com, YourHeritageFilm.com, 713-893-8341, 713-893-8341. Look at that. A lot of football to talk about here on a Thursday that feels like a Friday. Texas Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We're talking with uh, the fan show that brought to you by Gerard Construct Show. I missed that is. earlier. Show. <laughs> uh, they are uh, they're going to build your dream home, built into reality. Learn more at Gerard-Construction.com. And guys, we've got to get baseball in here, and we've done a lot of football, but the huge series this weekend in Athens. You're a big baseball guy, right? Oh yeah. So uh, how, I heard, how big I heard is a guy with baseball? Yeah, I was going to say I thought I thought so. What, how, how big is it for them when we're talking about postseason play? Hey, we're running out of series it's in the SEC. So, yeah, you got to start getting a two out of, more three out of threes here. And and I did a little research on Georgia. I, they're having a good year. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just not super impressed with their resume. It doesn't matter. I know it's baseball and it's on the road and they're 17-2 they're at home or whatever it is. Um, but their, their non-comp was weak. Uh, 
I'm, they haven't ran the, the hard SEC teams yet, so I'm optimistic this weekend. Well, and their ace is out. Yeah. But you know what matters about them? That number next to their name. Yeah. So you go get two out of three against them, sets up a huge – I'm a big proponent of these midweek games. Dallas Baptist, dang good baseball team. You beat Dallas Baptist, Texas State, and Texas all within about four weeks of each other. That's a resume builder right there. And then you try to take two out of three against Arkansas and Vandy. Like you said, I think if you can be 500 coming out of these next three weekends, I think you've kind of set yourself up to be playing. What is Georgia ranked right now? 13. Okay. Yeah. They're, eight, they're eight missing their ace. Ace, yeah. And they're starting shortstop for this series. I don't know any I don't know anything about Georgia, so they just It was and and I know I love your baseball show with um with with Bronny and them, but a month ago or maybe you know, Werner goes out, we had a couple games, we we weren't hitting the ball and I was like, Who who in this lineup are you worried about? I mean, who are they pitching around? Because nobody. We weren't I mean it was bad. Right. And but all of a sudden, here we go. I mean, you got three or four guys stepping up. You get, people are hitting dingers, triples, hitting cycles. Uh, you got people in lineup. You got to worry about all of a sudden. And as far as the pitching goes, you just got to find a guy in that bullpen that can get on a heater. That can come in and just get some outs, no matter how you do it. I mean, that's you just need some momentum in that part of the rotation that you get a starter go five innings, and you get a couple of guys that can just get three outs here, three outs there. That's what's going to be the key for this team going forward to try to get into postseason play, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and there's a chance we see Trevor Warner soon. The baseball bunch thinks it could be this weekend. Imagine that lineup that's been doing so well, and they even brought it up. One through seven, you're, you're pretty stacked. Yeah, he's a little Jekyll and Hyde, like you know, like we said earlier, just because they, I mean, they're hot and then they're not, and then they're hot and then they're not, and so um, we hope we get the hot side of it this time. I mean, I think we've seen enough of the pitching staff. We kind of are who we are there, but yeah, you were getting a little progress, Menifee. I mean, there's some guys pitching better. Bruce is helping. nice. Yeah, he's he's got some nice stuff. All right, we got about a minute and a half left on the show. Clayton Kershaw. Anybody care about what happened yesterday? Go for it. Don't take him out. Richard Zane's wrong. This guy, they've been training as long as they have, even with the lockout. He was ready to go. 80 pitches. If he wasn't, he's struggling. They're up 3 nothing. Go for it. How many more times in your career are you going to have that? I don't care. No, my opinion of the MLB is pretty much like the NBA, so I'm going to pass. Pass. Because you're, uh, you know the next one. That'll phase right in your next question. Do we care about the NBA playoffs? <laughs> Do we? Not one bit. Not even Luca. Nope. I used to be a diehard. I watched every Spurs game that ever came out. I mean, I had the season pass, everything. And the NBA is just not what it used to be. It's not too I many crybabies, too much flopping, just too much, too much of politics in it and everything else. I'm, I'm out. I'm We're done. old, aren't we? We are old. Yeah, we really old. are old. You care? What? Of course he cares. <laughs> <laughs> That's my. Hey. Yeah. Right. You do care? You don't care? I figured you'd be like, I don't yeah. Give a rat. All you know rockets. Oh, because they well they didn't make the playoffs, right? I don't care about the NBA at all. I don't either. I do care. I heard that. All right, all right. We got like 30 seconds left. Do we care about the Houston Gamblers and the USFL? Summy. I will always. I'm a sucker for watching stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Tomas says, "All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Happy Easter. Enjoy your uh, weekend. Thanks for so much for coming in, and thank you to Gerard Construction, Kelly Adams. uh, I know you couldn't make it in today. Talk to you soon, bro. Uh, He always does a good job on this show as well." 
right, that's going to do it for Texas Radio here on a Thursday. Tomorrow we'll have a best of. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We will see you guys on Monday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.